He comes to make his blessings known far as the curse is found. I love that. I love that verse. That's my favorite verse of joy to the world. I think because the, the longer you live and the more you're exposed, you realize that the curse is everywhere. And we are so desperate for a redeemer. And it's a beautiful thing to gather with people who are studying to be agents of renewal, to be blessing far as the curse is found. So the work that you are doing this weekend, this week in particular, the hard, good, important work of being a student, it matters. It matters for the kingdom. So do it well to the glory of God. That's your pep talk. We are very glad tonight to welcome the youth group from Westview Church. Raise your hands, Westview people. There they are. The wave right there. Give them love. We're really glad you're here. Come back anytime. Come back for the next four or six years of your life. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, we collected uh, a couple weeks ago answers or questions that you had about the theme, what if it's true, and we're putting that together for the second semester sermon series. Um, if you're a first-year student, last year we did a series called Honest to God, where we also took questions from people, and some of your questions were overlaps of those questions, so you may want to go back and take a look at the sermon series if you're bored over Christmas break and think, what I really need to do is watch a sermon. Um, or is, is that just me? Is that just me? Um, the Honest to God series was last spring. Creation and evolution was covered there. Godly man, godly woman was covered during there. What does it mean to, that God loves us, that we're sinners saved by grace? So take a look at there. If we don't pick your question for a second semester, it's not that we didn't like it. It's just that it may have been covered recently. All right? So we're going to do kind of different things for a second semester. For January, which is closer than you think, thanks be to God, uh, for January... We are going to partner with the residence halls who do a program called Kill a Watt, in which, yes, 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 they do, in which they compete against each other for who can use the least amount of energy over the course of January. And so our worship during January, both in chapels and in loft, is going to be about how do we partner with God, the mercy of Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit to take good care of the creation. So we'll be looking at passages from Scripture that talk about creation and God's love for it and our partnership with God and caring for it. So that will be January chapels and lofts. And uh, if you don't yet have a chapel buddy for interim, find one. Find a loft buddy for interim. Your schedule gets changed a little bit. For those of you who are venturing out and going abroad, you can find us online. So I, and I anticipate chapel buddies in, you know, all over the world. It's going to happen. All righty. Um, we give our money every week for? Community Care, Community Care Fund. And I had the honor of gathering with some people to pray on Friday with An Din, who is a recipient of your generosity. And An is going home to Vietnam for the first time in four and a half years because of the Community Care Fund. Yes. 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 So she left already. She was able to get her exams done early. She's going to actually Skype the first week of her interim class so she can have an extended period of time in Vietnam. And part of the reason why we prayed for her, uh, we gathered with some people to pray over her, is because she's going to a family of people who aren't believers in Jesus Christ. 
And so she felt both the burden and the delight of going back to her country with the gospel of Jesus Christ burning within her. And so as you think about going home and you think about traveling, just lift up those in our community who are going home to families where there are people who don't believe. And so let's, let's remember that. And, uh, and as you give to the Community Care Fund, know that you are giving so that people like Ann can go home for Christmas. Let's give to the glory of God. Since July, we have been praying as a Calvin community for Jonathan McMullen. Jonathan was born in July, but he was due in November. That's what he looked like when he was born. His dad teaches in our economics department. His mom is uh, the department assistant in philosophy and classical languages. And this is what Jonathan looks like now. I know. <laughs> and he's going home this week. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He is going home this week. He's going home with nothing more than a temporary feeding tube, which they expect him to not need by the end of January. By nationwide statistics, he stood a 20% chance of survival when he was born. He's going home a mere four weeks after his original due date, and he survived one of the most life-threatening preemie illnesses. So that's our boy, Jonathan. And in about 18 years, he will be a Calvin Knight. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, much to celebrate and be thankful for as his uh, family prepares for his homecoming. So those of you who have Professor McMullen, if he's a little distracted or he's not so prompt getting grading back on time, cut him a little slack. He's got a lot going on. So let's, let's pray as our community. Our God, we give you praise and thanks on this day for your amazing faithfulness to us. 
Some of us came here a few months ago and we didn't know anyone. We were scared and alone and uncertain. And now we wonder how we can go home because we're going to miss our friends. You have provided. Some of us came in this fall and it was another year and we were yet uncertain about our major. We didn't know what to study and you placed us in a class with a professor who inspired us and challenged us and called us into a new career. And we are excited and grateful you provided for us. Some of us came in with heavy burdens and we didn't know what to do. And you put us in a support group with other people who would talk with us and share with us and encourage us. And you provided. You placed us in community. You put us in classes with good professors. You gave us friends. We thank you at the end of this semester for all of these good gifts, for late night conversations, for going to Meyer at two in the morning, for eating ramen again. We thank you for all the ways in which you provide. You are a good and perfect God. And so, because we can look back and see how you have provided for us, we can look at this week ahead and know that you will be there. That there is nothing that is too difficult for you. And so we pray that we will be faithful to the call you have placed on many of us to be students. That we will be faithful to this call, that we will study well, that we will be focused, that we will be people of integrity, that we will honor our professors. We ask a blessing, Lord, that you will keep us healthy this week. We pray that when the exams come before us, we will have answers. We will be able to write well and think well. We pray for presentations and projects to go well. We pray for this week to be an opportunity to bring you glory in our vocation as students. And Lord, we thank you that for many of us, the end of this week means that we get to go home. And as we think tonight, even walking over here, about the changes in weather, we are very aware that small things can impact a life. And so we pray, God, for safety for all who are traveling. Help us to be wise, and if we're tired, to pull over and stop driving. We pray that if there are delays in our flight schedule, that we will even see these as opportunities to trust you more. And God, we pray for all those who are going abroad for interim, that they will have a wonderful time, that they will learn more about you and your world and your kingdom, that they will be exposed and challenged, that they will laugh and have fun, and that they will return to us full of stories of your goodness and your provision. And for those who are leaving us now this week and going away for interim and second semester, we pray that there too you will meet them when they're homesick and worried we pray that you provide them with people to listen and with laughter. We pray for safety for all of our off-campus students who are returning now. And we pray that their homecoming goes well and that the culture shock of being back in North America will be buffered by your grace and your mercy. And Lord, as we look at these little pictures of Jonathan McMullen, we thank you, thank you, thank you for preserving his life. What an amazing testimony it is 
to hear Laura and Steve, his mom and dad, talk about the prayers of the communion of saints and how they have made a difference. How they have sustained them as they have waited for this time when Jonathan could come home. And we pray, gracious God, that this little baby grows up to be a wonderful young man, inquisitive and intelligent and bright and alert. We pray that he becomes someone after your own heart. We ask a blessing on An and all others who are going home to people who don't believe, who don't really know what Christmas is about, who don't get it, who don't understand why we're at a Christian college. Lord, in those instances, may we be the people of grace as well as truth. May the fruit of the Spirit overflow in us so we respond with gentleness and kindness and self-control. And we pray, gracious God, that if you give any of us the opportunity to speak of you, we will do so with joy and boldness and talk about the truth that you came to save the world, that you come to make your blessings flow far as the curse is found. We thank you, God our Father, for sending Jesus Christ the Son and we pray in his name. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord, Luke 1, 26 through 38 and 46 through 48. God sent an the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a small town in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to marry a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. The angel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Disturbed and confused, she wondered what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will rule over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. But how can this be? I, I am a virgin. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The baby will be born holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth, she is pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but now she has conceived a son and now is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come to pass. Oh. How my soul praises the Lord. How my soul rejoices in God my Savior. For, for he has taken notice of me, his lowly servant girl. And, and from this day forward, all generations will call me blessed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. You may want to have it open to that passage of scripture as we preach. It's page 831 in your pew Bibles. Page 831. 
Luke 1, 26 to 38. Just hold that open. So the movie, The Princess Bride, yes, yes, has so many great quotes. So many, so many. If you have never seen The Princess Bride, you need to watch it over Christmas break because suddenly all the things that you have heard through your life will make sense to you. Uh, Don't watch it this week. You have too many things to do. Watch it over Christmas break. It will be simply delightful. So you'll learn why people say things like, inconceivable. (laughs) You'll learn why they say, never mess with a Sicilian when death is on the line. (laughs) Or why sometimes people go, marriage. (laughs) And of course, you can't forget, hello. My name is Inigo Matoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> Stop saying that. Hello, my name is Inigo Vito. <laughs> See, now if you haven't seen it, you're like, I really want to watch this movie. And of course, there's this great line that starts everything off, and that is, as you wish. Right? I know, all the girls are like, oh, Wesley. So there's this princess named Buttercup. I don't know why. And... And the princess um, has this farmhand, and he, she constantly asks him to do stuff, and he says, as you wish. Polish my saddle so that my face shines in it, as you wish. Go and fetch water, as you wish. Again and again and again, as you wish. No complaint, no rebuttal, no it's your stupid saddle, none of that. As you wish. That line kept coming to me this week as I was studying this passage about Gabriel and Mary. Because Gabriel comes and he gives Mary a very hard assignment. A very weighty call is placed on her. And other than the the biology question in the middle, which is a good one, (laughs) at the very end, after he says all of this stuff, she basically says to him, as you wish. Here I am, a servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word, as you wish. And it's noticeable because I think for any of us, if God had called us to do something, we would have, we would have had some questions for the angel Gabriel. We would, have, we would have asked a few things like, could you go with me when I tell my parents about this? Could you... <laughs> Could could, could you go with me when I have to tell Joseph? Do you have any idea what this is going to cost me? She was a 13-year-old girl, most likely. 13 years old. And she had been schooled in the stories of her people. She had been taught scripture, which is why when she, at the end of this chapter, when she breaks out into song, it is woven through with the stories of her people and the writings of the Psalms and the prophets and the Torah. It's all in there. Her parents had poured into her, poured into Mary, so that she could be a wife and a mother and pass these stories on to the next generation. That was her purpose in life, to be part of a people of God set apart and to pass that heritage on to her children. That is why. 
she existed in the world. That was her call. That was her priority. And all of it was lost if she wasn't a virgin. It was gone. Her reputation, gone. Her parents' reputation, gone. Joseph, incredibly embarrassed. It would have been very fair for Mary to ask the angel Gabriel, do you know what this is going to cost me? It would have been very fair for her to say to him, I don't really think I'm up for this. I really think you should get somebody else. And it would have been fair because we see that in almost every other call narrative in Scripture. God shows up, says to somebody, hey, I want you to go to Egypt and let my people out. No, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> hey, I want you to go to Nineveh. No. Hey, I want you to be a prophet and have a really hard life and people are going to throw you in cisterns and it's going to be really quite miserable. I think I'm too young for that. <laughs> again and again and again in Scripture when God comes to somebody and says, I've got this call for you, the person says, I, I don't really think I'm up for that. I think you should pick my brother. And yet here, Mary, who had every reason to say, says, as you wish. Now, it's tempting for us to think, well, Mary was exceptional. She was precocious. She was thoughtful. She was, you know, she was different than you and me. And that's, that's why she was so ready. But the angel Gabriel does not show up and say to Mary, congratulations, we have reviewed all of the applications, excellent ACT score, great extracurricular, love the volunteering at the nursing home, that really puts you over the edge. You are going to be the mother of the Messiah, congratulations, woo! It doesn't happen that way. In fact, there is nothing in scripture that tells us that Mary was in any way special. Now, it's tempting for us to say, well, Gabriel shows up and he says, greetings, favored one. That sounds pretty special. And then later he says, the Lord has favor on you. That, that, looks, that looks pretty special. But in biblical language, when, when an angel shows up and says that you are favored, it's not because of you. It's because God has chosen you. You become favored when God chooses you. God doesn't choose you because you're favored. Does that make sense? It's the choosing that makes you favored. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And Mary, who knew the Old Testament really well, was thinking, I don't know about this one. <laughs> I've read the stories. I know how this goes. The angel shows up, puts a call in your life. She's a little perplexed. We think, yeah. Good response, Mary. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And she was perplexed and thought, what kind of greeting is this? The angel said to her, this is verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. 
He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. What in there is about Mary? Not so much. What in there is about God? Lots. So Mary, who was schooled in the Old Testament, would hear these words, great, son of the most high, throne, ancestor, David, reign, house of Jacob, kingdom, forever. And she would have thought, because she knew the stories in the book, she would have thought, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. Throne, Messiah, king, anointed. This is it. This is the big news. This is the deal. And unlike Zechariah last week, who was waiting but not ready, Mary, ready. Ready. But then she goes back to something. Now, I, I, I believe you said conceive. Have a little clarification on that. Because everything I've observed about people is, you know, you have sex and then you get baby. That's, that's the way it works. So, uh, Gabriel, uh, happy to be on the team, excited about this. A little clarification would be great. And this, I'm sorry, this is vague. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. What? Is that going to hurt? What? I don't... Is that going to be great? Am I going to know when it happens? Like, I would have had a thousand questions about that alone. Like, what is that? Therefore, Gabriel just keeps going on, right? Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called son of God. I think by the time you hear that your child's going to be son of God, you figure, okay. I'm not worried about the conception part anymore. And now, he says, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, she's conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. And in that moment, Mary would have thought, wow, Elizabeth was barren, and she's conceiving a son. I've heard of this before. Abraham and Sarah, Hannah and Elkanah, Manoah and his wife. She's heard the stories about old women, barren women, conceiving children, and she would have thought, wow, I've, I've heard that before. The virgin thing's a new one, but I know about those other ones. <laughs> And the last thing that Gabriel says to her is nothing, for nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And the reason that Mary can say, as you wish, here am I, a servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. The reason that Mary can say that is because it's not about her. It's all about God. Gabriel has been so clear that God is up to something big. God is up to something huge. There is answered prayer that is happening here. There is fulfillment of prophecy that is happening here. There is big stuff that is happening here. And Mary realizes that this isn't about her. This is about God. And that's why she can say, as you wish. As you wish as you wish, or nothing is impossible with God. It's tempting, isn't it, when God calls you to do something to come up with all the questions and the doubts? We had confession this week, all week. We were doing confession, listening to confessions, confessing things, throwing things in the dumpster. 
And we had moments this week where God would come and call us and say, you have treated that person unkindly all semester, and you need to go, and you need to make it right. You need to apologize. And we thought, oh, that's going to cost me. I don't want to do that. Every time you walk through Johnny's, you make disparaging comments about the different groups of people that are gathered there, and you've got some racism in your heart, and you need to name it. When I look around this room, I'm very aware of the calls that some of you are living out around grief over the death of parents or grandparents, the loss of a whole family of origin that is now fractured, questions about sexual orientation, how to live that out faithfully, questions about money and vocation and relationships. I had a student in my office a couple weeks ago who said to me, you know, I want to surrender to God. I want to, like, lay it all out there. But I have this feeling, like, if I say, I'd love to be married, but I'm open with being single, that God would be like, oh, you're open being single? Congratulations, you are single. <laughs> and she said, I just have such fear that if I lay it out, that if I fully surrender, that, that that's what's going to happen. And we have this sense, don't we, that if we actually trust God with our futures, if we actually trust him with this week, if we actually trust him with tomorrow, that he's going to demand more of us than, than we can do. And so instead of trusting, instead of moving into a relationship with God that is built on surrender and trust and as you wish, we pull away and say, I'm just going to be over here, good. I'm going to worship you from a distance. so tempting but the truth of the matter is the same things that gave Mary reason to say as you wish the same reasons why we can say that now what does Gabriel say to her greetings favored one what's the next line The Lord is with you. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Was that unique to her? The answer is no. The answer is no. One of the names we have for Jesus is Emmanuel, and what does that mean? God with us. He is with us. He is with you. When God calls us to do something hard, something challenging, something that's going to cost us, He doesn't call us to it and then leave us. He calls us to it and he goes with us. And one of the books I read this week said, when God invites you to step out on a limb, that's the safest place for you to be because he is right there with you. God asked Mary to step out on a limb and it cost her. It cost her her reputation when she was pregnant. It cost her when after she delivered a child, strange people showed up talking about angels again. It cost her when she took this eight-day-old baby who probably looked a lot like Jonathan 
took him to the temple, and Simeon blessed him. But then he looked her square in the eyes and said, a sword will pierce your soul. It cost her. It cost her when her boy was lost in the temple for three days and then didn't seem very worried about it. It cost her when the rumors started to swirl about her son and who he was and his brothers wanted to go and get him and she went down with them to get him and to take him home. And when they said to Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here, he said, who are my mother and my brothers? Whoever does the will of my father in heaven, that is my mother and brothers. That cost her. It cost her when she heard that he had been taken at night to trial. It cost her when she watched her firstborn son die a horrible death on the cross. When God calls us to do something, he doesn't say it's going to be easy. He doesn't say this isn't going to cost you. When God calls us to do something, he promises that he will be with us every step of the way. And Mary's story did not end in the death of her son because she was also able to bear witness to his resurrection, to his new life, to the teaching that he had for 40 days before he ascended. She was the only person on earth who was with him from the moment of conception until his resurrection and ascension. It cost her to be the mother of the Messiah. But her story and, and resurrection, it costs us to follow Jesus. It costs us to be obedient to the calls that he places on our lives whether that call is to move across the world and start an NGO, or whether that call is to be faithful to a friendship that is getting really hard, whether that call is to own up and go to your professor and tell him you haven't done the work and you'll take what you deserve, or whether that call is to commit yourself to another person for the rest of your life. Calls cost us, but our God says, I am with you every step of the way. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. There's no safer place to be if God calls you out on a limb to get out on that limb because he's right there with you. And as we have seen, nothing is impossible for God. And so we say, as you wish, as you wish, as you wish. Will you pray with me? Our God, we are amazed by our sister Mary. And yet what we need to be more amazed by is your incredible hand. 
it, you reminded her that she was part of a much larger story, that it wasn't about her, that it was all about you and what you were doing. And we thank you that you have not tired of intervening, that you have not tired of calling your people to do hard things, and that you and your mercy have not tired of being with us every step of the way. And so we pray, Lord, that as we live into the calls that you have placed on our lives, that we will trust you, that we will surrender, that we will be able to say, not our wills, but yours be done. Here we are, servants of the Lord. Let it be to us according to your word. And we pray this through the Son of Mary, Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen.
together. Um, last week, for those of you who are here, we just want to say thank you so much for the time of prayer. I'm not even going to get through this. Um, it was so important um, for me and for Drew. Um, and as he becomes more a member of this community, it was just, it was very moving for him. And he's never been a part of something like that before. And so he expresses his gratitude as well. And uh, to answer the following questions that I have received since last week, um, <laughs> December 28th is the day, so it's coming up. Very excited about that. Um, uh, my name is staying exactly the same, exactly the same, so you'll still have me just as I am. Um, and uh, what was the other question? Oh, he's moving here. So for those of you who know he lives in Kalamazoo, he's moving here to Grand Rapids. So yes, 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 yes. So you will, yes, yes, we're excited about that. And, uh, and you'll see him at various uh, sporting events and concerts and improv and dramas and things like that. So um, he's, he's super excited about all of that and, uh, and we're excited. So um, as you go home, uh, if you think of us on the 28th um, and beyond, that would be lovely. Thank you for that. I also want to say that we have more Christmas cookies downstairs. Yes, with frosting and sprinkles and joyful things because um, why only do that one week? So those are downstairs. Um, pay attention to those. I'm trying to think. Prayer servants are here. I know a lot of you have a lot of stress. You have a lot of things. If you've got something going on that you need some prayer about, who doesn't? Um, the prayer servants are going to be over here, and they are honored to, to pray with you and for you for that. So coffee, cookies, hot chocolate, tea downstairs. Prayer servants over there. Hugs over here. And uh, the next time I'm up here, I'm going to be a married person. So, yeah. Woo! Yay, God! That's right. And now receive the blessing from the God who loves us. My dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.